Listening Dog Media. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan, and a Liverpool fan. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. We get it. It's the final swan song of the 2016-17 season. And literally, as the last ball is kicked, it doesn't take much, does it, Kate Borsay, for Hayley McQueen to be off, jetting herself. I've seen she's already off in Norfolk somewhere. She's been yeah. in nice summer dresses, looking like she's living the life. She is. She is holiday-bound as we speak. So happy holidays to Hayley McQueen. Um, we couldn't do a podcast without someone from Sky Sports News, so we've roped in an old friend today. We have. Now, people might recognize the voice straight away because it's our favorite jingle on the podcast <laughs> our breaking news jingle and there's only one man who breaks news and that is jim white thank you very much for joining us i am thrilled about this i would have reconsidered if i knew i was a replacement for Haley mcqueen <laughs> i mean there's nothing like being dr- so we managed to pull in some old guy in the street corner and that happens to be me i am honored Lindsay. i am honored kate to be here sitting in the salubrious surroundings of this park bench here in uh, wherever we are central london no but this is great and it's going well the podcast is great and i hear that it is listened everywhere so well done well done you guys thank you very much i'm going to actually allude to where we are I'll create the picture that's what you do on radio nowadays so in your new to. your new career um, we're outside Talksport you've just done your show and outside here no coincidence that biggest football station has the rights for everything has five-a-side pitches so if you hear the odd ball overhead that's because there's five-a-side football going on and apparently this is something you come and do and you watch for a little bit on your way out yeah i mean it gets you right in the mood these guys you can see the the two astroturf pitches here and talk sports just over there i live just over there <laughs> and and the, the river thames is right there so it's great fun it gets you in the mood i mean they they play football in these pitches night and day uh, and when you're walking in there in the morning to talk sport you think oh yeah football yeah we're going to be talking about football so it's great you can hear them in there they love it around here it's good 
I would love one day for you, Jim, just to walk up to the nets here and just start commentating because your voice is so recognisable. In fact, he's he's already getting high fives yeah. from <laughs> from the footballers here. But I would love you just to simply start commentating in front of these guys because I bet they'd think all their uh, match days had come at once. Uh, the reason why we haven't packed up our bags early and gone jetting off already, Jim, is because obviously there's been, there's been games to play out at Wembley. So in the last week, we have to say congratulations to Arsenal for lifting the FA Cup record yeah. breakers. Mm. Arsene Wenger will be touching on this, some form of vindication for him with that trophy. Uh, we'll wait and see. He's also announced he's staying at Arsenal for, for two more years, which I think we all knew was coming. Did you know that ages ago, Jim? Um, to be honest, it, w- it was my hunch that he would stay, but no more than a hunch, Lindsay. And I think now we're going to be proven right, you know, that, that yeah, sure, he is the man to take them forward. But a uh, lot of people in the game, interestingly, have got in touch with me saying, right, OK, you know, he is the respected man that he is in football. And he is. I mean, he commands an enormous respect because of what he has done in the game. And I get that. But, but I also think, do you know what? He's got to get it right. He's, he's absolutely got to get it right. There's no margin for error. And uh, a lot of people are saying, OK, Wenger will have him for another two years, but he's got to win it. He's got to win the Premier League. And uh, just on that, just as I was sitting here listening to you guys uh, do the introduction to this, I've got a text here. I think Martin Keon won't mind me reading it out. And he says, uh, Jim, uh, I just want you to know I wish Arsene Wenger the best for the next two years, but he has to make it count. And that was Martin Keown just in the last few moments. So I think that Martin Keown's got it right. He's spot on. I mean, Arsenal fans, they find it hard criticising Wenger because of what he's done for the football club. But, I mean, this is the same Arsenal who've forgotten what it takes to win the Premier League. Yeah. They can win an FA Cup. They might win the Europa League, but they don't want to be in that. Mm. They, they want to win the Premier League. Can they do it under him? I would doubt it. I think you have to look at what he's achieved, fair enough, FA Cup, but what he hasn't achieved and whether the mentality is there and it's within Arsene Wenger to go and win a Premier League. And, I, and I've and i said for the last two seasons, I don't think it is. He might still be doing great things, yeah. like lifting the FA Cup, yeah. but our team's in it. Our team's in the Premier League, the richest league in the country, in the world. Are, yeah. they, are they in it to win the FA Cup? No, they're not. No. They're in it to win the league. You're absolutely spot on, Kate. And that's what it comes down to. Also, though, the, the big argument goes on, you know, who, who would take over? Is there anybody available right now to take over? Funnily enough, um, just in the, in, the, in the last day or so, when I was on air on the radio, Thomas Tuchel became available because he parted company with Borussia Dortmund. And I thought, hang on. Hang on, in the week that Wenger may or may not stay at Arsenal. But uh, I don't think, when we looked at the Tuchel thing, uh, we were adding two and two and making six. It's Wenger. It's Wenger. Kroenke was in town this week and he only shows up when things are really important. Yeah. And it is important. So it will be Wenger. But again, and the question is the appropriate one, Kate. Will it mean that they'll win the Premier League? To me, no, it won't. It won't. Well, Wenger and his position this season has been a huge talking point. We're going to use that to inspire our second topic. We're also going to talk about favourite moments and a couple of teams enjoying their favourite moment of the season. Big congratulations to Blackpool and to Huddersfield Mm. Town. Now, who would think Huddersfield would be in the Premier League? I didn't think I'd see that. No, it's a terrific achievement on such a small budget as well. Um, Whether they become the new Leicester... Who knows? But you have to say well done to Huddersfield um, and their enigmatic manager as well. Yeah, I love this guy. Do you know what? I'm, I'm yet to uh, meet him. Yeah. But every time he speaks, 
I, I get some kind of form of inspiration off him. Um, I really like the guy. Incidentally, is it Wagner or Wagner? Wagner. I, I fluctuate. It's Wagner, is it? Good. If you're talking in Germany, then it then it would be Wagner. But if you're watching the X Factor, maybe you maybe maybe you change it to Wagner. I don't know. I think that I bloke think, is from Dudley, near yeah. where I'm from. Yeah. I think personally, after after so many commentators and and and, and pundits try to try to foreignize everything, I think we should just we should just must make it simple. Wagner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is going to inspire us to talk finest moments. We'll get some of Jim's. We'll also get uh, not so refined moments in football, of which I know that Kate and I have many. I'm not sure you would have too many of those. Plenty of unrefined moments uh, <laughs> covering football, Lindsay. Don't worry about that. Year, years and years ago, I can remember being uh, up in Dunfermline. Dunfermline won a league title, and you, you used to know this guy really well, Jim Leishman, who was the manager. And uh, for whatever reason, I came into some money, I think. I didn't have a lot of money then. Don't have a lot of money now. But uh, I bought myself a new suit for the occasion, was interviewing one or two of the players, and of course, what do you know, ended up in the bath uh-huh. with the players. New suit. <laughs> Wallet, watch, car keys, the lot. So that was a very uh, undignified, unrefined moment. But no, there have been a few. I've turned up in the odd, uh, on a, on occasion in the odd location that was wrong when I was due to interview oh, somebody. Okay. And I'm looking for the guy and waiting for the guy and he never appeared. I never used to get that right. I was never a great one for detail. <laughs> and uh, you, as you know, you girls know, to be in this business, detail's important. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it was a kind of, it passed me by a lot. This, this is quite a revelation coming from the the king of transfer deadline day. That you, you, you know details can pass you by sometimes, oh, Jim. Yeah. We might have to speak to our editor about about carefully uh, carefully admitting that. Yes, we'll let you think about that. Hi, I'm Darren Goff, and you're listening, believe it or not, to three gorgeous women talking about football. Now, football and women. I'll leave it with you. We're going to start off, though, talking about favourite stories of the season. It feels like such a long one. In fact, I think it is slightly longer than last season, by a week. Have you felt that week? It's a a very good question, Lindsay. I've certainly felt it to be a very long season, I would say that. Uh, it's got maybe you know TV and, and radio commitments uh, have brought that about on a personal basis for me but it has been long yeah and then since the turn of the year I found myself I don't know you guys have talking about well, Chelsea, their name is on the Premier League title, the inevitability of Chelsea. And only towards the end, there was maybe a slight chance that somebody else was going to come into the equation and that somebody else was Tottenham. But uh, I found it long and I found that getting over the finishing line it always suggests to you, if it's tough getting over the finishing line, then it has turned out to be a long season. And it has been long. Yeah, it seems long, but it's been eventful, to say the least of it. I mean, some of the stories that have been in there have been absolutely incredible. And um, I still scratch my head when I I see Guardiola uh, at Manchester City and I see Mourinho at Manchester United. The big two in Manchester at the one time. I never envisaged that. So it's been a long season, but an intriguing season. Can you sum up, because this, this, this is an interesting point, Mourinho and Guardiola, can you sum up their season? Have they been a let down? Have they let you down as a fan and as a sports you know, pundit commentator? Uh, again, a good question, Kate. Guardiola, absolutely, definitely. Uh, Guardiola was brought here on a massive salary to win things with Manchester City. I'd love to have got the bookies' odds at the start of the season of Manchester City under Pep winning nothing in his first season. Like, nothing. And incredible with the investment that he's made. So that's why he's found himself in the close season already 
over meeting Sheikh Mansour talking about transfer targets because City have got to get in quick yeah. and they're doing business already they've got Bernardo Silva 43 million and they're going to pay a world record transfer fee for uh, the goalkeeper Edison so they're going to get uh, Edison they're going to get him and that's going to cross the line. This is a boy who's never played for Brazil, incidentally. So is there an element of panic banging on as well? Not with Bernardo Silva. He's, he's going to be immense. But now City have got to win something. Or, and I can't believe I'm sitting in front of the two of you saying this, or Pep will be sacked. You know what Pep needs to do? He needs to get you along just to watch. Because I've realised that being in front of these five-a-side pitches, Jim White's presence has meant that some people have been leathering shots more than they were earlier. <laughs> They're thinking that he's a well-connected man. You never know. I might get that call later. Um, <laughs> They're aiming for me, Lindsay. They're aiming for me. How are you, pal? OK. I think they want to get involved in the podcast. I think they do. Um, I'm going to get us started then with a favourite story of the season. Coming off the back of you talking about big managers and Kate talking about Mourinho and Guardiola in particular, because yeah. in a season that we had all the talk about managers coming into it, it was all about Guardiola. It was season all of about super manager, wasn't yeah. it? Season of super manager. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in that northwest, in in, in the northwest area, with uh, Mourinho going to United and Pep going to City. It was interesting earlier on. I mentioned this to you. I spoke to the new majority shareholder at Everton. Uh, Farhad Mashiri and he doesn't do interviews and when he did he, he absolutely knocked me out with some of the things he said so he said United and City of those two Liverpool got Klopp he said we suddenly realised at Everton we had to go Hollywood because the other three in the northwest have gone Hollywood so Hollywood to them constituted Kerman he was the next best thing and that's why they, they, they rolled in Kerman at, at, on big wages 6 million a year but despite that Hollywood factor, it was actually London that produced the winning team for the Premier League yeah. this season. And it was Conte. Now, that was a manager coming into the league that by no means was inexperienced. He'd won so many titles with Juventus. Very well known. Not so well known to perhaps your average fan in England, but I think he certainly is now. Yeah. He had a real impact. Um, and you talk about Pochettino. Everyone loves Pochettino, don't they? Is there anyone that doesn't like Pochettino? No, I don't think so. He is he is everyone's favourite manager mascot, isn't yes. he? Yes. Yeah, so, Guy. Nice guy too. But I have to say, with all of that manager talk, the one person, none of us saw it, came completely left field, and it has to be my story of the season, and we'll see how it continues next season, is the story and the arrival of Marco Silva at Hull City. Yeah. Now, he couldn't keep them up, we saw that, but I do think that they'd have been propping up the league for much of the season without him. I yeah, mean, yeah. he came in and really saved face and embarrassment. I think mm. it could have been one of those, need I say, when Wolves were at the bottom and getting one of the lowest point scores. Um, as a Wolves fan, I don't like to dwell on this too much, but we yes. had one of the lowest points tallies in Premier League seasons. Um, I think Hull City could have been on the way to doing that as well. And he, what he has also got now is another chance. Uh, Watford have come in. They've given him the job at Watford for next season. I mm. guess we sit back and see, well, how good really is he can he do it again but it's been one of the stories of the season for me in which really he should have been eclipsed by everyone else shouldn't he yeah totally I mean um, coming in without um, without any experience of the Premier League no one really knowing who he was he quietly sat there and he did his business and it isn't just about um, producing results it's about galvanizing a team and it's very unusual for a foreign manager to come in and for those communication barriers to instantly come down and to galvanise a team. Yeah. We've, we've seen Poil at Southampton have issues. Felix Magat, yes. my uh, case <laughs> in question. Yeah. I hate to harp back a few seasons. It was disastrous. Pepe Mel, 
it was disastrous. Yeah. But Bob he, Bradley. Bob, yeah. big Bob Bradley, who is coming into my uh, podcast chat a little bit later on, because I can't do a podcast without Big Bob, ba- Big Bad Bob. Oh, I love uh, him. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, really, really unlikely, and he did it. Okay, favourite story of the season for you, Jim? Favourite story of the season for me, Lindsay, would have to be Sheffield United, Chris Wilder. Um, and I was thinking about this, I thought, this has got to be special, your favourite story's got to be special. And what Chris Wilder has done is mind-boggling. I mean, Sheffield United, 100 points in that division. But what people forget is he did it the season before in Northampton. So he's been, he knows how to do it, Wilder, and he could be the next... That's a friend of mine on that moped. He could be the next big thing. Uh, Sheffield United fans will want Chris Wilder to the very last breath. But I reckon he's already got himself a very good CV going. Um, In terms of man management as a motivator, terrific. Sheffield United, the two Sheffield clubs are absolutely enormous. And um, I'm thrilled for him, thrilled for that club. It's a great story. Uh, and to win it by that margin is phenomenal. And now I wonder, what are they capable of next? I was at the match where they won promotion. Right. And it was secured. And there was a pitch invasion. Yeah. It was so nice to see his reception. The thing that really surprised me, I don't know whether you knew, how agile he was. He climbed onto the top of one of the dugouts <laughs> to try and get security and safety as, as first thought. Because yeah. I think everybody was worried in, in the wake of pitch invasions recently uh, just to make sure that the, the fans didn't hurt themselves. Yeah. But, yeah, he was a very agile man getting... a. Uh, a loft above and, the and dugout. Pete, I like how Lindsay says, say dugout. Dugout. See, that is dugout. Dudley. <laughs> a Dudley dugout. I love that. That's good, that. We say dugouts in Scotland. <laughs> dugout. Or technical areas. Yeah. And how do they say it in Gloucestershire, Cade? Dugout. <laughs> oh, yeah. But funnily enough, talking about Gloucestershire and a county close to Gloucestershire and where I grew up, of course, Chris Wilder was at Oxford United for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I think he was always potentially very exciting there. Obviously, he left and then went to Northampton. But, um, but I'm really pleased for him because that is a young manager having plied his trade, having, having stayed at a club that that believed in him and done good things at that club as well and then yeah. been able to move on and then um, and then take it forward. So I think I think we're starting to see, when, when we're talking about managers as well, actually, we're starting to see a few interesting English prospects, mm-hmm. and again, I'm going to chat a little bit about this later, who are um, who are winning jobs and who are holding on to jobs. Now, you know, of course, we've had the super managers, but in terms of English managers, in terms of UK managers, it doesn't feel to me like quite as bad as it used to be in terms of desperation over no UK managers having a chance within the game. Do you know what, Kate? I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And then this morning, though, I talked to Paul Lambert, and he's pretty crestfallen about what's happened there and this Portuguese influence that suddenly, virtually overnight, has come into the football club. I'm really worried. I'm very, very worried. And it's not just Paul Lambert. I mean, we've had whispers of him going for the last few weeks. In fact, I think as far back as three months ago, someone said to me, I think he's going. Mm. Now, it isn't just him. It's all the back room staff, Tony yeah. Daly's gone. The, you know, there's a lot of different um, coaches that have been at that football club for a long time. It's part. It's like sucking out the life and taking out yeah. the that yeah. beating heart. Yeah. Well, it, it, it suddenly cuts short all the continuity, stability that is needed for Wolves to get back where they should be, in my view. You certainly would agree with that, Lindsay. In the top flight. They're a Premier League club, Wolves. No question about it. With that, with that hardcore support that they've got, the fan base is huge. They should be up there. And Lambert, having spoken to him, thought that he was the man that could do it. And 
He's gutted, believe me, he's gutted. You can't believe it. And I was just speaking to him this morning, just before I met you guys. Uh, not happy, but he's had to take it in the chin and life goes on. But this is what happened. So all of a sudden, foreign influence, Chinese owners, want success yesterday and they bring in their own people. And someone's sacrificed and on this occasion it's Paul. Your favourite story then, Kate? Mine is more about, about a bonkers encounter and all that it encapsulated. And this is uh, Swans's 5-4 comedy game I'm going to call it against Crystal Palace who can forget this game if we're summing up one of our games of the season um you know this is you know about the game being one all with 25 minutes remaining and then suddenly all hell breaking loose the gates opening at both ends and I can tell you from people who I know who reported at the game it was as exhausting for reporters who were emotionally shattered at the end of the game as it was for both sets of fans of course Swansea won out in the end um but it also of course sums up what was wrong perhaps with Alan Pardew and Big Bob Bradley and for me Big Bob Bradley well opportunity knock for Bob but it didn't carry on knocking for much longer, did it? He just, for me, was was never a good fit at Swansea. And for Alan Pardew, well, that kind of epitomises what happens when you have a club who reaches a desperate situation early on in the season um, and then has to make a call. And they made a call, of course, with Sam Allardyce. Funnily enough, on Bob Bradley, he was, a, he, from my point of view, he's a broadcaster's dream. Yeah, of course. Because... Um, he spoke to me at length when he arrived in the scene and he was terrific. Yeah. He was terrific. He was calling it the way he saw it and he was great. He was extremely articulate. Most Americans are. And he spoke to me the day after he got sacked. And that, and that was something else. How many managers would do that? I mean, probably he would admit if he had his time. Would he do it differently if he had his time again? Probably yes. But he was great. He was accessible. He was willing. And he was informative. And funnily enough, the other day when Clement and Swansea managed to stay up and I'm pleased that they have who sent me an email please congratulate the guys Big Bob and it was lovely it was lovely so I broadcast that and and I I thought it's rare that you come up against somebody as fair minded as that and Bob is that did he have it? no he didn't it was a shame but he didn't the offside rule we get it the female take on football we've spoken about stories that everyone was talking about this season but how about those stories that not everyone was talking about because they went slightly under the radar I'm going to get a little on my high horse here for Wayne Rooney in in defence of him because okay. I think he's had quite a tough season all round I mean who who knows whether he'll end up at his boyhood club Everton yeah. by the end of this transfer window whether he'll go to China I think it's safe to say that his future at Manchester United doesn't look like it's it's going to have much legs to it no um, and just this morning I was talking to Brian Robson and Robson was being diplomatic about the whole thing, Lindsay, but he, he was saying if, the, if he could have it his way, he would want Rooney to remain at Old Trafford. But the point is, is there any point in Wayne Rooney staying at Old Trafford? No. I mean, he ain't going to play. He's not going to play. He'll be a bit part player. He already is a bit part player. Uh, and it's a shame. It's a shame it's ended like this. Could he do a job elsewhere? Sure, definitely. So the one thing that we've, we've perhaps seen... Um, off the back of such tragic circumstances in Manchester, yes. um, he has got some more positive press because he, of his generosity. Now, this has been in the papers, and I have read quite a lot about the fact that he's given £100,000 to the victims of the Manchester um, bombing. But what went under the radar, I felt, was his generosity earlier this season. Now, in January, there was a huge story because he gave a million pounds from his Wayne Rooney Foundation to four different charities, of which one was the NSPCC. He does a lot for the North West. 
It was a huge gesture. It was all off the back of his testimonial that he did last August, and he made his mind up and announced it in the January, completely swept under the carpet because I felt at that time the daggers were out for him and, yeah. and a story like that wasn't getting the attention it no. deserved. And, and you're absolutely right, Lindsay, to highlight it because over the years he's had a lot of bad press. Mm. Some of it deserved, some of it very much not merited by him. So you're right, Rooney would do something like that as well in the hope that it's never brought to light. Mm. He would do it quietly, he would get on with it. Uh, I mean, I, we, we were, Katie and I were up at a, uh, a charity night one night uh, for Darren Fletcher when he was at Manchester United. And Wayne was there, and in his own sweet way, he was there and very, very quietly went about his way of contributing to the night and making it a success for Darren Fletcher. Darren was ill at the time, or he had been ill, if you remember, and had been out of the game for a while. So he wanted to show Darren that he was going to contribute to his night. And he took part in the auction a lot, and he was bidding for a lot of the items. And very quietly came and went. And downstairs, when it all broke up, we were all going our different ways at the end of the function. I was talking to Wayne, and Wayne was just quietly saying, he's just so pleased that his kids are going to primary school and all that. And they were, You know, the night had come and gone. And Wayne had spent five figures wow. that night in a heartbeat, not even thinking about it. So the things he does, yeah. a, a lot of the good he does goes unreported. A lot of the unfortunate things that happen, very much reported. But hey-ho, such is life. You're under the radar? Am I, am I under the radar? <laughs> You're not under the radar. Am I, am I, I was looking for the radar. Um, my under the radar, and it's gone very quietly, and I should have seen it happen. It's often been said to me, Kyle Walker is one of the best players in the Premier League. I mean, like, yeah, 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 but he's never going to move. He'll stay. I, I could never imagine Kyle Walker anywhere else other than at Tottenham, in a Tottenham back four, under Pochettino. And then very, very quietly, and it's been quiet all season, very, very quietly, very gradually in recent days, Walker not happy with where he is. Walker may be on the move. And I wish I'd pinpointed it much earlier on in the season, that Walker might be a big money signing at the end of the season. So very quietly under the radar, he's been moving and manoeuvring. And now life isn't too good for him at Tottenham, and he'll be out of there. And I think he will head to Manchester City. Could be as much as 50 million. Can Mansour afford it? You bet. I just hope he gets the opportunity there. He should do, yes. but I really hope he does, yeah. uh, that uh, nothing goes wrong for him there. Um, under the radar, well, this is really under the radar, according to Olivier Giroud. We know that he's a man of small ego and big talent. Right, guys? Olivier Giroud. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, never, ever a hair out of place, as Lindsay knows well, actually. Yeah. Um, so he scored a scorpion kick. Yeah. On New Year's Day, as we remember. In fact, last season was the season of scorpion kicks and bicycle kicks and, and, and all sorts of glorious things. Yeah. You see, at the time, Olivier was quite humble about this goal. And he said that he was a bit lucky. It was the only thing I could do. I tried to hit it with a back heel um, and uh, it was all about luck, he said at the time. Quite a nice, humble statement. We think he surprised himself by that kick. <laughs> but by March, Jim, Lindsay, he changed his tune. He said, uh, after Andy Carroll's overhead kick, remember that one? Yeah. An another one of the good ones this season. He said, um, I don't want to big myself up, but goals like mine leave a mark on history. It's magnificent. <laughs> in terms of Andy Carroll's goal, but people won't remember it in two years' time. Mine, yes. So, Olivia Giroud, this is from me to you, officially bringing your wonderful, life-changing, memorable for many years uh, goal from under the radar into the fresh air. 
If you are just tuning in, this is a season review of the Offside Rule We Get It podcast with Jim White as our special guest. No Hayley McQueen, we've got Jim in instead. And I've got to tell you, first time as one of the main three hosts, we've had a gentleman. Really? Yeah, we're, we're all about the ladies usually, Jim. We oh. make an exception for you. I like that. Well, I, I, that makes me even more thrilled to be here, guys. But I'm still not pleased that I'm Haley McQueen's replacement. I'll never get over that. The Offside Rule. We get it. With Lindsay Hooper, Haley McQueen and Kate Borsay. Let's talk about vindication. You might have your own in a minute for us. Yeah, yes. um, Arsene Wenger, we touched on it in the opener. We, mm. We've spoken about his decision to stay on and the way that it's been back and forth all this season and the fact yeah. that his FA trophy lift somehow appeased some quarters, not everyone. I think there's always going to be some some Wenger outs. But let's talk about others. You know, those told-you-so moments. I think one of the, the best ones to get us started has to be Sam Allardyce, because after what happened with England, to then go to Crystal Palace, keep them up then say, actually, I'm going to leave and I'm going to effectively retire now because what I've done is I've shown you I can keep a team up. It wasn't a fluke with Sunderland. It's not something that I've, I've been fortunate with. I can do it. That's how good a manager I am and that's what you've missed out on. Was that what it was saying to, to the public? I, I, I think that's exactly what it was saying. Um, I, I, I was surprised when Allardyce took Palace. Uh, I must admit, I, I thought, why is he going there? What... What can he hope to achieve? Is it all about survival? Well, with Sam, and you touched on it, Lindsay, it was. It was all about survival. They survived. Sam did it again, and he had a point to prove. Do you know what I would say about Sam Allardyce? I've known Sam for a long, long time. He's known me for a long time. He was never all that happy when uh, I told him that Newcastle United had just parted company with him, and Newcastle United, it's my understanding, hadn't told Big Sam at that stage. Uh, so Sam and I go back a long way but what I would say is Sam not for the first time proved that he can do it at the highest level and I'm, I'm saddened that he's not going to be around next season uh, because I would like to have seen what Sam could really achieve with Palace but I, was, I, I had a tinge of sadness for him about the way the England thing came and, came and went for him and to me I don't know where you girls stand on this but entrapment is not a form, a legitimate form of journalism. And I'm, a, I'm still annoyed at the way that Allardyce by The Telegraph was set up, was framed. And that, to me, is not a legitimate form of uh, this business. It shouldn't be. It's not fair. You get someone, you lure them in, and you are purporting to be somebody you are not. And he fell for it and, uh, and spilled his guts when he shouldn't have. And uh, should never get involved in it in the first place. He knows that now. But I felt for him, and I still feel for him, about the way that he was virtually framed into what happened. It's a pity, but he's gone now. Yours, Kate? Leicester getting rid of Claudio Ranieri. We were all upset at the time, weren't we? Thought it was a bit of a bonkers move. I was outraged. (laughs) Outraged from Hooper. I'm not one of those people that gets on Twitter too often anymore. I've sort of... I'm a bit... I get bored. I don't know about you. I, yeah. How's your Twitter going, Jim? Because you set up a Twitter account about two years ago, recently, right? Fair, uh, yeah. Fairly recently. Are you are you feverishly typing updates every five minutes? Um, uh, well, I, I, I was reluctant about it, Kate, to put, to put it mildly. I didn't want to get involved in it. But in these days, you know, in this business, you have to. And sure, yeah, when I get information, invariably, I put it out there. And um, I mean, I, I don't I still don't understand it. I mean, like 325,000 followers. I, you know, I've got half a dozen friends. <laughs> 
How does that? How does that work out? I don't get it. But sure, no, you got You got to be in amongst it. it it's and it's competitive because Twitter is a form of uh, information gathering as well <laughs> in a big, big way. But sure, it's working out okay. It's working out fine. Good, Jim. Good. Uh, so uh, Craig Shakespeare has to be credited with turning things round at the club and who'd have thought um, that he would have achieved the, the level of success I suppose finishing in 12th Craig Shakespeare would have thought it Craig yes exactly yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah. we never thought he'd be in charge beyond a few games right but he was he did he came he saw and they finished in 12th fair enough from the precarious position they were in when Ranieri left you have to put that down as a vindication on Craig Shakespeare's behalf um, Sean Dyche vindication that uh, the board at Burnley kept faith in him and kept him in that job uh, yeah. team finishing on 16th in the end um, and um, you know safely and um, safely tying up Burnley's survival there before the end of the season so you know credit to Burnley and I think that they can feel vindicated in sticking with Daesh. Vindication, is this a word that you use very often? Well, vindication, it's an interesting word. I, I was interested that we were going to throw this in. I mean, long, long ago, the guy who very much vindicated himself was Sir Alex, when then he was just playing Alex. When he went to Manchester United, and, you know, history tells us, started very badly for them, uh, and it didn't go well, and a large section of the United support wanted him out. And all he needed to do was win something because that's why he was taken there. That's why he was brought there. Like Guardiola is brought to City to win. And once he won the FA Cup, the, rest, the, the, the final against Palace, uh, the rest was history. And he very much vindicated himself after that. I mean, what he went on to do was just unbelievable. It's, it's, it's a watchword in football because never forget it. It comes back to bite you. Vindication is part and parcel of football. It happens. And not in the Premier League this season, but certainly a man who totally encapsulates vindication for me is Chris Hutton. Yes. Because he got a terrible rough ride of it and very, very, very shabby treatment in Newcastle. When the Newcastle United fans wanted Hutton to carry on and he got the bullet. And then what happens at Brighton? And doing what he's done at Brighton is incredible and Tony Bloom is a guy who interests me a self-made man has made a fortune and put his faith in Chris Hutton but Chris Hutton had faith in Chris Hutton and self-vindication is an incredible thing and he's done it he's done it and he's a perfect example of vindication in the game I think Hi I'm Jeff Stelling and you're listening to the Offside Rule three women talking about football I'm used to listening to four old women talking about football on Saturday afternoons, so I'll definitely prefer this. Time nearly is up, uh, but I thought we'd finish with some finest and unrefined moments in football. Um, I'm laughing because I think I've had too many. Um, Jim, let's talk about your favourite moment first of all. There must be so many for you to choose a finest moment, but have you got one? A favourite moment? Gosh, I mean, as you guys know, it's a very competitive business, and... Uh, my favourite moments, a lot of the time, are when you get something that you don't expect to get. But your finest moments are very much defined by how, how far you push it, how, how hard you try. And I remember being at Scottish Television many years ago and um, trying to get the first interview with the new manager of Rangers, Dick Advocat. And Advocat was still out at, uh, at uh, Holland at the time. Uh, and... It'd been said, do not try and come to Holland because he won't give you an interview. He's, he's not going to do it. This was about March time. He said, when he comes over in May, he'll speak. But it, it, not until he joins Rangers. He won't speak until he joins Rangers. But that didn't stop me, and I went out there. And um, 
I went over to Holland and I always remember pushing it a bit and Avocat saying I turned up at a, a, a match and he said look if we win I'll give you an interview uh, but if we don't it was a Rotterdam if we don't no interview I said, really, do you stick with that? Yeah, stick with that. And he had Stam and his team at that time and uh, Van Nistelrooy, Arthur Newman. So it was a good team. And uh, at the end of the day, they won the match. And I always remember feeling so pleased. But he put me through 90 minutes of hell <laughs> as, I, uh, as I waited for, for the interview. Um, favourite moments more up to date. I've had a few favourite moments, I have to say, this season when I've seen the little cancer sufferer. Uh, Bradley Lowry yeah. uh, in the company of Jermaine Defoe and Jermaine Defoe and little Bradley have struck up an incredible relationship and my heart goes out to Bradley anyway but Jermaine Defoe deserves an enormous amount of credit for this time that he is spending with Bradley who after all for Bradley time is limited and it makes me very very happy to see Bradley in the company of Jermaine and Jermaine in the company of Bradley and that, to me, is, is, is a heart-touching moment, but a favourite moment, which I hope lasts a lot longer than we expected it to last. Can I ask you, Jim, about being the king of transfer deadline day and whether you ever expected to find yourself the, uh, the ambassador for the yellow tie, first of all, and the king of the transfer window? Um, did it happen by accident? Was it something that you wanted to go for? Was it something that, 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 that kind of someone looked at you and thought, he's the man for deadline day? Tell us, tell us how you feel about being in that exalted position. Well, I think it's just developed, Kate, to be honest. Um, I never really intended it. And now you get this tag of he knows everything that's going on in the world of football, which patently is completely untrue. Um, but no, it's developed into something that is just so hugely watched. Uh, to, to me, it's great. It's a great. It's a great aspect of what we do. And I love it. And it's all part of the theatre of it all as well. I mean, it's fun. And if you can find out information and get it out there first about a transfer that somebody else is trying to do as well, but the vast number of people out there, football fans who are hanging on your every word, it gives you a huge position of power and privilege. What's your correct ratio like? My correct ratio? That is a fantastic question, Lindsay. Uh, pretty much lousy. No, uh, I'm glad to say it's, it's, it's pretty good. I, I, um, you, you hope the information you get stands the test of time that you are proven to be right. Uh, most of the time, almost all the time, that has been the case. There have been one or two moments you've been sent off in a well goose chase that hasn't happened. You go on hunches as well now and again, you hope your hunch is right, but you've got to back it up with fact. The one and only time that I was spectacularly wrong, uh, and I'm reminded about it a lot by Manchester United fans, um, was uh, Mehdi Benatia, who uh, at that time looked almost nailed on to go to Manchester United from Roma and at the last minute Pep who was at Bayern Munich said you've got to want you've got to want Champions League football and United couldn't give him it but Bayern could and he went there and that was an unfortunate set of circumstances I've met Benatia since and he said no 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 I was going to go to United I met him over at Bayern, but he said, I ended up at Bayern because of, of Pep and, and Champions League football. But it could have been United. So talk about vindication. I was almost vindicated with that one, but, but not quite. Finest moments for you? Champions League final, 
2005. Uh, and as a Liverpool fan, of course, this is one of my favourite, finest moments in football. I'm yeah. going to take the credit for the whole team that I've spent years supporting. And I was working, not that far away, uh, in, at TalkSport TV. I think I went to the pub for the second half. I was working. Um, everything had gone terribly wrong, of course. I came back to the studio when it looked hopeful and Ray Houghton was there. He was working. And I'll just never forget running around the old studios with Ray Houghton, both of us like giddy children, uh, as the kind of goals went in. It was... Um, it was... It, it absolutely was incredible. Um, the other proudest achievement of mine is that I was working on a quiz show, nothing to do with sport. It was the FA Cup final. It was a year after 2006, Liverpool, West Ham. And somehow my producers let me get away with putting score updates, which they were having to feed through my talk back because I couldn't make the game I was working. Couldn't get out of the shift. Um, they uh, allowed me to sort of um, subtly get score updates in during a quiz show programme for the FA Cup final. I'm not sure who was watching, probably no one, but it's one of my proudest moments right. how can I get this game into my quiz shift <laughs> um, I have to say for me it was you were talking about luck in this industry yeah. and I think there's a lot of luck involved in football as well and I experienced that first time I used to play women's football and I had a trial with QPR ladies and I fluked a hat trick in my trial you, uh, you do you do I, I actually I intended one of the goals and honestly two of the others one I, I thought was a cross and it went in of course I just took the credit at the time and then the third goal <laughs> I don't know how I ended up scoring that. I just thought I'll have a pop, but I didn't think it was going to go on target. Yeah. Um, and it ended up trickling in. And before you know it, I'm being accosted at the end of the match by the person doing the trial saying, you know, do you want to come and, and try it as a striker? And I thought, no, I'm not a striker. I'm not, I don't score that many goals. And two were a complete fluke. So that was one of my, my finest moments. <laughs> Flukiest moments. Like Flukiest moments. I'm Scottish. What is this term, hat trick? <laughs> Isn't that the domestic treble, Jim? Yeah. Yes, the domestic treble. Well done. Well done with that. Um, and also, um, in terms of the reporting capacity, I suppose in recent seasons, growing up, there are, there are a few players, and you all have had this when you started. I'll be interested who yours is. Mm. But there's a few players that when you start in this industry, you've been an admirer of, you've watched for a long time, and then you end up working with them for a while and doing interviews and realising that actually they live up to their tag as being a, a genuinely nice fella. And I was privileged enough as well to work on his final ever game in the Premier League before he went to the MLS. And that was Frank Lampard when oh, he left yeah. for Manchester City. Yeah. I did one of his final interviews. And I don't know, I think it's that realisation that, you know what, I'm doing this, I'm doing this dream job that I've always wanted. And it's someone that I used to watch before I even started doing this. Um, and I suppose that's why it sticks out, really. Mm. You're quite right. The one I remember, Scotland playing uh, Holland, the Netherlands at Hamden. And uh, <clears throat> I think it was James McFadden, wasn't it? Somehow Scotland won. Mm. They won. And Ruth Hewlett was a studio guest with me. And just sitting with Hewlett and everything he'd achieved in the game, it was just phenomenal. I mean, an absolute god in football who did it everywhere he went. And, of course, a huge hero in Milan when it was Hewlett, Reichard and uh, Van Basten. The, the thing I do remember, and I'm ashamed to say it, we all went out later that night in Glasgow. We all ended up fairly pissed in a nightclub I can say that on your podcast can't I and then we all left the club very late on and we suddenly remember when we were all getting taxis we've left Rude Hula in there <laughs> and someone had to go in and get him back out and in actual fact if memory serves me right Hula was fine he didn't want to come back yeah, out no, he but he's a, oh, just a, an icon yeah.
Well, that's an extended special of the offside rule. We get it because Jim White likes to talk, as do we. <laughs> that's the reason. Um, thank you very much for listening this season. Jim, thank you for your company today. Great. I really enjoyed it. Well done. It's going well as well. I hear a lot of people talk about the podcast. So congratulations to you two. Thank Good you job. very much. Thank you. Um, and we would like people as well to get in touch with, with you on anything that you've had to say and us. At Offside Rule Pod is our Twitter handle. What's yours? My, my Twitter handle. <laughs> I might need a bit of help in that one. I'm sure if someone search, searches Jim White, they'll find yes. you. Uh, we've got lots of content continuing throughout the summer on our website, offsideworldpodcast.com. Um, the game of football behind us has finished. We've actually managed to outlast oh, the footballers. The we've cleared the pitch. Most of the footballers are currently ogling at Jim rather than, rather than playing football, but there we go. No, it gave it a bit of atmos, didn't it? That was great. Girls, well done with it. Seriously, enjoyed it. And we'll, we'll be back next season. Bye-bye. Bye. The female take on football.